when everyone in the company has the opportunity, is empowered to build their own automations, to improve their own work using automation, mm. and their ownership will will change and will mm-hmm. and, okay, and they 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 feel they are part of the transformation. They are part of the of the, mm. the dynamic that is happening. They are not left behind. You're listening to the Growth Manifesto podcast, where we host in-depth interviews with business leaders, authors, industry experts, and entrepreneurs with a singular focus around business growth. At the end of each podcast, we want you to walk away inspired, to think bigger, and to have actionable takeaways you can apply to improve your business. Each episode is like a masterclass on a key topic, so make sure to browse the episodes to find the topics that are most relevant to your biggest business challenges today. This podcast is brought to you by Web Profits, a digital growth consultancy that helps challenge your brands drive growth in a complex and fragmented digital landscape. You can find out more about Web Profits at webprofits.io. Now, let's get into it. Today, we're talking with Pascal Bornet, who's the author of the book, Intelligent Automation. Pascal has more than 20 years experience leading transformations and has found and led the intelligent automation practices for Ernst & Young and McKinsey and & Company and has successfully led hundreds of intelligent automation transformations across industries and functions at scale. Today, we'll be talking about how to use intelligent automation to gain competitive advantage and drive business growth. And just quickly, before we get started, make sure to go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. Now, let's get into it. Welcome, Pascal. Thank you, Alex. Thank Hello. you for inviting me. Yeah, it's very a pleasure. Happy to, very happy to share to share my passion. Before, before it's a, it's a passion that uh, pushed pushed me and and my co-authors to write this book, and I'm yeah. very happy to share about it today. Well, it's definitely um, a very contemporary topic. There's a lot of lack of understanding about the whole industry, right? And so I think this is going to be a fantastic discussion um, to really understand, you know what companies can actually do and how to get started, right? But let's jump straight in. What does intelligent automation mean and what challenges can it solve? Good and important question. So we all hear a lot about artificial intelligence. It became a, a buzzword, I would say, over the last mm. few years. And, um, and, it, and, it's, and we use it for science fiction as well as companies and, and people don't understand then how, how to pragmatically in reality using it and getting the, 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 the efficiency gains that, that we are all looking for. Uh, uh, the reason, that's the reason why we haven't called it artificial intelligence, but intelligent automation. Intelligent automation really refers to uh, the use of different types of technologies to automate some of the work that is currently being done by people. Okay, um, So the, the official definition is it's a combination of methods that includes people, organization, data, processes, and technologies that includes robotic process automation, machine learning, natural language processing, computer vision, and much more. Putting all, combining those technologies and concepts together, we are able to automate end-to-end processes that are currently being done by people. Mm. Uh, for example, a purchase to pay is an end-to-end process that a, each and every company around the world has to perform to basically identify, um, the vendors procure goods or services, then uh, 
uh, identify if we've received those services and goods in the right quantity, quality, in time, yes. and if we can then pay them, those vendors. Okay, okay, so that's an example so, of a process that can be intelligently automated. Is that right? That's, that's an example of a process that definitely that is currently being done by people, and that can be, can be automated. All the processes can be automated. I haven't seen a process that can't be automated. Not yet. So, Okay, well, let's, just jump, let's, let's jump on that. Okay, because this is really, really, because this is this is really, really important part of it, right? Because in your book, you talk about you're automating um, the work of the knowledge worker, which exactly. in the past would be very, very difficult um, to do, right? Because it's the thinking behind it; it's all the parts. Like it's it's become easier to automate the manufacturing industry, and there's examples of how Amazon have the warehouses that are completely dark, that everything is just completely automated. But what we're really talking about is to kind of automate the process of the knowledge worker, right? And All so right. you just said that you haven't seen a process that cannot be automated yet, right? And so what does that mean though? Does that mean that like, because everything in a business is usually process, right? Like, yes. like a lot of companies have processes, the processes mm -hmm are between people, um, there are decisions that are being made, there are things that are happening. How does this solve all the processes, right? Because it seems like, mm -hmm. look, so, I get that yes. um, the invoicing core, right? There's steps in that. It's just about numbers really and checking things, but but how does it do everything else? Yes. So, so let's, let's, so very good question. Let's go, let's get back to our example of purchase to pay. Please. That's, that's universal. Every company does it. Um, we said that it's the process starts with, you know that you want, you need to buy a good or a service to a vendor. Okay. So that's, and, and this starting point is usually being done, leveraging machine learning to forecast what, you, what, you, what will be your needs. Okay. And especially in big, I mean, you can think of manufacturing company when they, they need raw materials, for example, that's a critical process to get, to get, to get their manufacture and, and production activities going. Yes. So forecasting activity starts this number one process of this purchase to pay end to end process is, is the leveraging machine learning to predict what will be the, the needs of buying of, of uh, which product do we need to buy to which vendor for which quantity and for when, okay? That's the wow. first step. So, that, so the and, first step is not even simple. The first step is to leverage machine learning to figure out what we need. So the decision exactly. is being made. It's not just the process. It's the decisions in the process that we're talking about as well. Exactly, exactly. So the, the way I define a process is a sequence of tasks and those tasks can be cognitive tasks, yes. right? like taking a decision, like yes. yeah, digesting information to, to, to predict or to take a decision, or can be manual tasks, or can be tasks that are related to what we see or to what we hear, to what we, to what we say. Okay. Yes, yes. Um, uh, and so, so we let's, let's, go step by, let's go, yeah, let's step, go by step, step by step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> let's go step by step. And I'm going to ask you to break it down really simply for me. I'm going to ask yeah. you lots of questions. So please, <laughs> step one, machine yeah. learning to figure out the decisions. Exactly. And to, to figure out the decision of, of buying. So uh, which product, to who, when, how much. Uh, you take this decision and, um, and this means that you need to generate a purchase order. Okay. And very often, you will use kind of a workflow platform that will help you to connect with the, the vendors 
and help them to go through this process that goes from step one, you get the purchase order. Step mm-hmm. two, you get, you get all the answers from the different vendors. And, and step two, step three, you will have a first um, review process with the selection of top three vendors, for example, uh, and, and, and finally get to the selected vendor. Okay, so that's... And, so through this workflow workflow platform that belongs to so in the book we talk about four capabilities that are basically four groups of technologies that helps to mimic what knowledge workers are doing in their work okay mm-hmm. the first one was using machine learning it was the thinking and learning so that's yes. the first capability now we are talking about workflow platform that helps to route the data um, um, collect approvals uh, store the data um, uh, and 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 yeah and help and support a workflow of decisions between people. Okay. Okay. So that's the execution capability. Okay. Then, so then let's say we select a vendor and then we 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 receive the goods. The um, and now we need to pay them. Uh, so we receive their invoice. Yes. Okay, and we, we receive their invoice. Unfortunately, not all companies have uh, exchange of data uh, as, as you know yes <laughs> so we, you might probably receive an, um, a, a paper invoice but even you might receive it by email okay a PDF of the invoice um, in this case you will need um, first of all computer vision to help you read this invoice automatically okay mm-hmm. that's that's the third capability which is about vision so basically okay, yes that's what we do with our eyes usually. Uh, and now machine is doing it automatically thanks to computer vision. Um, and then you need to probably read the email and probably uh, interact with the vendors if there is an issue on the invoice, for example. Mm-hmm. And here we, is coming language capability, which is currently being done by virtual assistants that are leveraging natural language processing. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's... So, and, and finally, you'll get whenever you're happy with the the amount on the invoice, you got your goods in the right quantity quality. You want now to to perform the transaction, to pay those vendors, uh, and this is a very transactional activity mm. that can be simply automated uh, using robotic process automation, for example. Okay, and this is the coming back to the execution capability. Got it. And so these. Four areas. Um, so the thinking, um, the execution, the vision, and the language. Um, so those four areas are the things which are required for every automation. You know, for, for um, every intelligent automation. Is not, that no, no, that's not, not for everyone. Idea. Okay, sorry. You please correct me. That's, like I said, I'm <laughs> going to ask lots of questions yeah, to see how, good, if I'm understanding good. it. Yeah. So those are the capabilities you can use to automate to automate a, process, a, a business process, okay? But, yep. but sometimes one, two, or three or, of them are sufficient. Okay? Oh, okay. So there, it's going to be a maximum of four, but it could be three, <laughs> it could be two, it could be one. Is that right? Yes, correct. Okay, this correct. is really good, right? Okay, so let's, okay. Sorry, please. Very importantly, why those four capabilities? It's Those are the capabilities that, that we as knowledge workers are using to perform those processes. Mm. Either we read a document, either we talk with someone, either we, we press a button to send an email, or we, or, or we think and learn using data and, and providing some insights, some predictions. And- got it. Got it. Okay. That's, that's 
very important point is that this it's we an example of how someone actually operates, right? This is the work that's yeah. happening. It's thinking, it's looking, it's doing, and it's speaking or writing, you know, like that's the yes. parts, right? Yes. If you want, if you want, we are kind of creating a, a digital twin of, of a knowledge worker. Mm. That's mm. another way of explaining it. Okay. That's that we are creating a digital worker that is working hands in hands with yeah. the human worker. Yeah, sure. And that's, and I'm sure that's scary for some people, but I think there's something on the other side of that. So we'll get to that a bit later, but yeah. just to so understand the process. So now you've got these four areas you could use all four for like a more advanced process, or you could use fewer amounts, right? Now, when you explain it, machine learning, you have OCR, um, there's ICR, there's biometrics, um, smart workflows, yeah. intelligent chatspots, sentiment analysis. You've got all these things that sound so complicated, right? And for someone who's saying, listen, I really want to automate some things, right? Like this is something I can see to be um, extremely valuable uh, for the future. It has some competitive advantages, obviously, because it cuts down time, it cuts down issues, it cuts down errors. But how do you get started in this, right? You know, so how do you mm. say, okay, I get it. There's these four steps, right? Machine learning, right? Okay, let's start there. You know, so what does that mean from an execution perspective, right? Because I know there's platforms out there. There's all, like, it sounds complicated, but it can also not be as complicated as it sounds. So can we just talk about each of the parts and just kind of understand yes. what's involved in it, you know, like in just getting started? I mean, obviously it can get yes. very advanced, right? But yes. just to get yeah, started... Yeah. The, the, that's a very that's a critical question, and uh, and uh, the answer is uh, think business first. Okay, that's not we are not to, technology is just a tool. Okay, just just something to help. Yes. Uh, most important is what what do we need? Okay, so I'm currently performing this process. I'm onboarding clients in a bank. Yes. Okay, it takes. You know, when you you get you you want you want to get a bank account to open, you need to produce a lot of documents. Mm. Okay, how can I get those documents? How can I get this process of onboarding of clients more efficient, um, more pleasant for the customers, uh, more pleasant for the, the the employees that are working in the back in the back office? Yes. Okay. Um, it's just about this, okay? And uh, so to make to make it easier for the clients, you think of making it fully digital, for example, so that it's a workflow online that can be mm -hmm. done from your sofa. You can you can upload your documents. Mm -hmm. um, everything is simple. If you have a question, you have a, a virtual assistant to help you um, in the back office of the of the, of the bank. Usually, you have employees receiving those documents, typing those documents, you know, from uh, image to a, to, a, to a digital form. Yeah, I mean, that's, who wants to do that eight hours per day? <laughs> no, I mean, it's now, I wouldn't, I mean, yeah. wouldn't wish this for my, for my worst enemy, mm -hmm. okay? So, so, so it's about helping those people in the back, in the back office, having um, optical character recognition tool, as you mentioned. So basically yeah. computer vision that helps to read the document, extract the information that we need and directly process it into, into, into the, system, the transactional system that needs that is it, for example. Mm. And just put that part there, I'm just trying to break it down. So we need to create the business process and have a look at it. And so I think the first part is rethinking the process, right? Like it's not taking Correct. the same process and just trying to automate it. Exactly. exactly. Rethinking it, right? Exactly. Thinking, okay, so exactly. what are the steps? The first, 
Yes, please. That, that's definitely a very important step. I would say it's maybe the second one. The first one is to identify what are the business needs, okay? And where, where are they the strongest? Because at the end of the day, you will everything can be automated. But uh, some of the processes have a high value of being automated, a higher value than others. And if, I mean, from, from my experience, if you have a look to the different processes you can automate in a, in a company, and it, it can go from a few hundreds, 500s to few thousands, okay, if you really go to, the, the, to identify all of them, you see that only 5% of them, roughly 5% of them, will generate about 70% of the total value you can generate by automation. Uh. Okay, so it's all about focusing on those ones first. And as you say, then those processes, we, want to, we don't want to just copy what is being done today because we know it's not efficient. So let's rethink them completely. And the best way to rethink them redesign them is to think of is to focus on the output the outcome what do we need at the end mm -hmm. okay in the, mm -hmm. uh, in the onboarding process that i just described at the yes. end you need you, you i mean the bank needs to be um satisfied with all the criteria that that need to be um checked for clients to be it huh? so to manage regulation but also to manage the risk of the bank so what do we need at the end Okay, that's mm. what we need. So now, how do we get all this and on an automated way? Okay, so it's starting by the end that you, so that's the end, that's the second step. And so you start at the end, you create the steps, right? That's all good, right? And we can all create the steps in some type of like wireframing software or even on a piece of paper with yeah, squares and step by yeah. step, right? Like, uh, it's up on the whiteboard. If people have any whiteboards like, well, in their homes yeah, anymore, right? Like, uh, this office yeah. is open again now, so maybe in the office, but but yeah. it's it's created. So you've got the steps, and now you start to think, all right, this step requires some OCR. This cool. step requires machine learning. This step requires um, some language processing, right? Is that a developer which you need to hire to execute on that? Is that how companies should be thinking about this? Is it like, all right, so I now know the parts and I now know the challenges. Who can help me implement these challenges? Like, is it creating a team internally? Is it finding a partner that can help you? Is, you know, so what are some of the ways that, that companies are approaching that part of it? Because I can see that that would be the biggest challenge is that. Mm. I could be wrong, right? Yeah, Just to be I, think, clear. I think when you when you get there, when you when you get there, meaning when you get to a redesign process and you're clear on what are the steps that you that are necessary to get to your outcome, it doesn't need to be translated yet into what is the technology to help, okay? But okay. just you know that you need this, 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 that, that. Mm -hmm. it's, I think 70% of the work is done. <laughs> That's the most important. Okay. Then it's about bringing a solution architect or someone who knows, doesn't need to be a very technical person, someone that knows, that, okay, this to achieve this, you'll need, you'll need this type of technology to achieve that, you'll need this type. And, and so it can be one solution architect. It can be also... And I, and I prefer this solution to have around the table different talents coming from teams that usually are functioning on an isolated, isolated manner in companies. Most companies, large companies, have 
a team for robotic process automation, a team for customer customer service, which is dealing with chatbots, and mm-hmm. another team that is uh, about, about data science and machine learning. So it's really about bringing this, all those talents around the table and redesigning together and identifying which technology we, we need when, where, and identifying how, how do we connect those technologies together. Okay, so basically... Um, you do need somebody that is technical and has a technical understanding. And so you mentioned a solution architect um, mm-hmm. that could be internal, that could be a partner. And then, but you want to have a conversation with all the teams involved in the process to get their feedback and their thoughts on what should happen. Right now, right. before you said this, this can, we can automate every process, right. Um, mm-hmm. In a company, right. And yes. most companies, it's just a collection of processes, Right. And then some sales and marketing and brand, right? You know what I mean? Yes. Like every, like everything else, it seems to be like if it's a service, it's like a knowledge service, right? Like if it's a product, it's manufacturing that can be covered uh, through robotics and so on, right? Um, but how do you get the buy-in? You know, so what are those people then going to do if they're going to help you create? Like, like I was watching some show and they were making like, like a joke about AI. Like there was like a bot there and they were like, so we need to train the bot to do our job to replace us, you know? And it was just a comedy show, but you know, this is like um, a thought that people have. If we are helping creating this thing for the process, what about our jobs? You know, so what does that mean for us? And so how do companies kind of approach that challenge or that mm-hmm. conversation, let's call it? Yes. Yeah. And, and it's a, critical component of a successful transformation okay that's and um, when we explain what is what is um, um, when we explain the different capabilities in the book when we explain the the framework to successfully uh, uh, achieve such a transformation uh, people comes first people is in the center okay so you, I'm used to say that those transformations are made by people for people. Okay, so so you can't if you miss the people's the people aspect, you miss the project. It's okay. Uh, when we talk about people, we talk about two types of people. One one is management. Uh, management like CEOs, C levels. Mm-hmm. They are I mean they their involvement, information, education and sponsorship of the transformation are critical. Uh, I've never seen a company succeeding in this type of transformations without this. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a critical component. So 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 it's so so it's about it's about bringing them to this level and helping them to to build their vision and to build their vision we need to to help them understand what are the benefits, quantitative, qualitative, mm-hmm. what can be a typical roadmap, and um, and and, um, and 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 they will be able to understand, knowing the mm-hmm. benefits, how much investments they would they, they are ready to right. put in for that. Okay, that's the first but critical component of people. The second are all the other employees, and they are extremely critical as well. There is no no transform again. Huh? There is no transformation that happens without people. So you need to inform them, educate them. So that's one of the reasons we we build this, we, we we wrote the book. Huh? That's mm-hmm. that's 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 to create this tool that that is necessary for those transformation to succeed. Yes. Uh, when you've informed and educated those everyone in the company, you need you need to go further. It's not enough. You need to involve the people in the transformation. Uh, today um, and more and more the um, technologies are getting 
more user-friendly. You might have heard about low-code, no-code mm. technologies. Um, the philosophy behind that is that everyone in the company is a potential developer, citizen developer, okay? Yes. Um, and, and I think this dimension is, is extremely important and, and needs to be leveraged by companies today because when, for two key reasons, when everyone in the company has the opportunity, is empowered to build their own automations, to improve their own work using automation, mm. and their ownership will, will change. And will, mm -hmm. and, okay, and they, they, they feel they are part of the transformation. They are part of the, of the, mm. the dynamic that is happening. They are not left behind. They, they, okay? That's the first thing. And, and the first thing is, of course, because you have more hands working towards yes. building the trans implementing the transformation, of course, you go yes. faster and you can do it bigger. Mm -hmm. And the second and most important thing as a result of this is because the ownership of each and every people in the company is changing and moving towards the, this transformation to succeed, the, the, the mindset, the culture of the company changes uh, into more digitalization, more automation. People understand and are willing and, you know, the mindset is changing. The mindset mm. is so important. The culture is so important. So again, I'm going to try to simplify it so I understand it. Um, but yeah. is, but okay. So you need the management to be on board because you're solving the business challenges, and it's not going to happen without the management on board, right? But then, from a staff perspective, from a team perspective, they need to be part of the journey. And what you're suggesting is that include them in the conversations on you know the stuff that's happening. But maybe an easy way is to encourage people to spend some time on some of the low code platforms or the no code platforms mm -hmm. just to have exactly. a play, see what they can automate themselves kind of thing. And then exactly. share that upwards kind of like the Google company, but I mean, they're a bit more advanced, right? But mm -hmm. you know, everybody gets their 20% time to spend on projects, something different, something else. Is it, mm -hmm. is that, is that kind of a way in? Like I'm not saying spend 20%, but you know, just give people the opportunity to yes. just play around yeah. to see what they could automate themselves. So definitely, that's that's a great point. So 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 giving empowering the people to do to do things is not mm -hmm. is a good starting point. But we need to go further. And um, and um, and the next step is about incentivizing the people to do that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, so I've seen many ways to incentivize people doing this. Uh, from contests that, uh, that give awards to people, rewards to people in the shape of promotions, in the shape mm -hmm. of MBA courses offered, mm -hmm. uh, in the shape of, I mean, you can, you, yeah. okay, it can be many things. Um, but most importantly, it should be part of the, the KPIs of anyone. Ah, like, you know, the, the indicators, the, the, the key performance indicators of, of each and every employee. Uh -huh. Yeah, I like that. Um, just, just, I uh, just was a quick aside. Is there like a low code or a no code platform that you know of that is like that's really good? You know, to save yourselves time because there's so many out there now, right? Um, but is there one which you would recommend to people that like you've experienced with that you think they're really good? That's that's a, that's a difficult question because it's like. Um, it's like uh, machine learning. It's it's everywhere now. Okay. It's, mm. it's, so having every, each and every tool now, each, each and every technology on the market now is making their configurations easier by 
having user-friendly screens, drag and drop type of functionalities sure. that make it more, more, more easier for, for everyone. So okay. I would so say just each, and every tool, each and every technology is yeah, following this trend. Uh, yeah, sure, sure. Okay, let's jump then um, to, to reasons why. Now, you know, <laughs> the first part of this podcast has been actually talking about it and it sounds complicated, you know, like we've... <laughs> I've tried to simplify the thinking behind it, but you know, it's not simple, right? And you know, the fear around the replacement of jobs or having conversations with the team that might be difficult, right? And so they've got all these kind of obstacles in people's way versus like um, the future benefits of it, right? So, you know, I could just continue to run my company or whatever it is or my department and that's just going to keep running. I'm comfortable. This is going into a place of uncomfortable, right? We're going into a place that we don't know. We don't understand. It's probably going to take a bit of time. We're not going to get it right the first time. There's going to be lots of conversations, right, about this, right? Yes. Um, what are the reasons why somebody should do it um, compared to not doing it? You know, so what does it do for the companies that um, have embraced it versus the ones that haven't? You know, so what yeah. does a two yeah, to five year trajectory look like? Mm. You know. No, that's 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 a, that's a good point. That's exactly why incentivization is very important. Okay, to get to to push people to act in in the direction that is needed for them and for the company. Sure. And uh, and when I talked about the, the the actions to the people that are necessary, I talked first about information and education. Yes. That's what does it include? That includes not only what is the tech, what are, what are those technologies and what you can expect from them for you as an employee, but also for the company, uh, but also being very transparent on what does it mean for each and every people's role, okay? And some roles, definitely, those people that we were talking about that were that are transcribing an image in, and typing it uh, into, into a transactional system eight hours per day, Mm -hmm. Those people definitely will have technology to do their work. Mm. Okay, and uh, and as we said, we nobody would would love to do that at any time. Mm -hmm. um, so it's about giving the transparency to those people and telling them. For, in this specific example, um, uh, technology will help you now do the job that you that you were doing that was very transactional. Do you mm. agree with that? Um, the people will say yes. Um, and now we've thought about um, uh, refocusing your time on more value-added activities. So, for example, why don't we help you now to understand the data that was that you used to, to type and work on this data so that you can do some analytics, uh, create some insights from it, and we will teach you how to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's and, that part this of it. Person, so this person will, uh, will go from the stage of, copying data the whole day without even thinking, okay, to um, a role where this person will have to think and will have to take some decisions, will have to bring some insight. Um, and, uh, and, and from a survey that psychologists have done, um, satisfaction and happiness at work happens when people have to to take even small decisions, but decisions, mm -hmm. and 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 have and create some insight, create something from from this. So, 
So, so what about psychology point of view? It it, it works. So it's not that science proves it. That's mm. Uh, that's from a staff perspective, right? Now, from a management perspective, you know, what happens if you don't kind of implement something like this and your competitor does, you know? So what happens if you say as the managing team, mm-hmm. it's too hard right now, let's come back to it later, right? And then at the mm-hmm. same time, a competitor of yours starts now and starts at advantage. You know, so what does that gap start to look like after 12 months or 24 months of just, you know, just waiting to yes. start this this journey, yeah, uh, it's a, a very good point. So that so the first to start will will be the first ones to learn from it, and of course, we'll be the first one to 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 collect the benefits from 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 those technologies. Oh, so benefits for companies for uh, companies that do it. You know, so what are the benefits yeah, yeah. that that companies it's, get it's across the board? Um, uh, productivity improvement. Let's start with that. Um, Twenty to sixty percent. That's that's a lot. What, what we've seen on the market. Um, so, so meaning an, an an improvement of of net profit. Huh? So it's really the, the that's what's driving the the com- company's health. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, on top of this customer experience improvement, mm. uh, and um, and and we've seen. Um, Percentages of NPS scores, huh? so satisfaction of customers, increasing by fifty percent mm-hmm. after such a, such a, such a, such a transformation. We um, uh, employee satisfaction. We've seen teams being uh, suffering from uh, high uh, turnover of the teams. Um, mm-hmm. Like 20, 50, uh, 25 to 30% of the turn of, uh, of turnover because mm-hmm. the work is, was very transactional, very, mm-hmm. I mean, people were not happy to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, to teams that, that yeah, are performing well with uh, uh, still being in a transactional environment, having 10% uh, turnover. So, mm-hmm. so really increasing employee satisfaction. Um, and um, I think those are for companies. Those are the, the critical ones. I mean, you have also the pre, um, the improvement of quality. Um, you have also the um, improvement of quality. That that means better outcome of the work, but also less errors. And mm-hmm. some errors can cost very A much. Yes. Especially when we talk about finance, the finance department, for example. Uh, I mean, yeah, those yeah. are those are the, the the ones that come to yeah. my mind. No, now, but it in seems, the book we list all of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it, it's it seems to be that the advantage happens, like it probably going to be like an investment in the first twelve months, right? But mm-hmm. but every company will need to put that investment. So then, if you're the company that does it first, and you start to automate some of these processes, you start to reduce your costs, you start to improve quality you start to innovate faster. So just starting is the hardest part. Mm-hmm. But once yes. you get to a point, now all of a sudden you start to snowball and at that point, the, comp- the competition are going to find it very hard to keep up, right? Exactly. And so you, you don't want to be that competitor for that correct. company. You want to be that company that the competitors are now struggling to catch up with, right? Exactly. exactly. You just forgot one thing, the increase of revenue as well. Because of customer being more happy. Ah, uh, yeah. So you get more market share. It's simpler. Exactly. You it's have faster. a differentiator. Yeah, yeah. 
And so I'm just trying to be really clear for the listeners that like, you know, this sounds complex, but this is where the world is going. Right. Yeah. And so no matter what you think is going to happen versus um, the stuff that's actually going to happen, this is going to happen. Right. Like it doesn't like if you put like your head in the ground and just hope that you'll be able to survive <laughs> in 10, 15 years, there's a lot of disruption happening. But outside of that, you're sure competition could be investing in this and you don't even know yet because it takes a bit of time. Right. And so um, I guess it's just a call to action to really start to Definitely. think about how you can change your organization for the 20, 2024, 2025. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 um, it's a starting point, but we don't know when it, when it ends because, because uh, I, I use, I mean, I, I like a quote, which is, which is uh, uh, intelligent automation is a, is a, is a destination, not, is an ongoing project, not a destination. Ah, okay, uh, yeah. so that's, so that's it's not a one-off project. You need you need basically one one of the key recommendation we have, and and what the, the the companies that have succeeded have done is to build a center of excellence that not only helps to drive the implementation of the roadmap mm-hmm. of those of those of those concepts and technologies, but also that constantly watch what is on the market. What are the new capabilities coming that we can use to generate more benefits. So it's a never ending game. Yeah. And, but I think what's important for everyone to know, because that sounds like, well, it sounds like forever, which it is, but it's only hard in the beginning before you start to see the benefits. Once the benefits start to come through, it means you would have already figured out how to automate a process effectively, right? All the things that we've just spoken about, like in this podcast, you would have figured out at that point, it's all about, wow, now how do we focus our resources to really get that next win and the next win and the next win. And it really starts to snowball. So from a thinking perspective, from a mindset, it's just to get the first successful automation completed and put kind of into action, right? From there, you'll be like, okay, wow. Everyone will see it and be like, okay, I understand what they're trying to do now you know, with this crazy intelligent automation thing, right? Now I get it. Now I don't have to check invoices against the spreadsheet, against the CRM, against the Slack channel to the other thing and another something else. And 19 people have to touch a specific invoice because of the confusion around who said what to what person about what. So, you know, that's just one example. Um, You said it can be done for every process. So, you know, can it be done for marketing? Can it be done for okay so how could it be done for marketing since this is like a marketing podcast right you know what okay. how does this apply to marketing so to answer your question can it be applied to any function in a company and any company the, the answer is yet is yes, yes. yes. okay and we've demonstrated it in the book at the end of the book we have i think it's more than 100 pages of uh, collect, collecting more than 500 business use cases Yes. And we've ordered them by function and by industry. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Marketing is one of them. Um, uh, but you have uh, human resources, supply chain, finance, uh, you name it. Okay. Yes. And in terms of industries, we have health, uh, banking, telecommunication, uh, government. Uh, I mean, yeah. So, okay. So we demonstrated it through this. And um, to answer your question for marketing, for example, we have. Um, uh, um, anything that is related to, first of all, uh, understanding the data and creating insights from, from this data. So let's think of uh, 
what you can forecast, what you can plan. Uh, so forecast of sales, forecast of uh, understanding of the market, segmentation of the market, segmentation mm -hmm. of uh, of competitors, of demands, um, um, uh, monitoring of marketing actions, mm -hmm. prediction of the impact of marketing actions. Uh, okay, so there's it's it sounds like a it sounds like, and this is just going to be me seeing if I understand it or even just asking a question, but it sounds like it can do a lot of um, the heavy lifting around the work that's already happening, right? Like in terms of data and insight and forecasting and all that type of stuff or the stats or the, the checks and balances and all the things that are happening. What about from the creative side of things, you know, the coming up with concepts or, you know, like creating a strategy, right? Like strategy, can be very hard because you've got to have like lots of insight and lots of data and all that. So is it that it kind of supports that process or can it actually do that process? No, yeah, for creativity, for critical thinking, for, for relationship with people, for, uh, there are, there are a few uh, uh, capacities that technology is not yet able to, to, to achieve. That's really good for all and, us marketers, and, and I, by the way, who like yes. <laughs> who, who like to think, and all our consultants and strategists and all that type of stuff, you know. Yes. Um, uh, so definitely, there are there are still some, and, and I think it's going to stay for for a while like this. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I don't see technology being able to to perform such high level thinking activities yet. Um, uh, so it's about thinking out of the blue, critical thinking. Yeah. Um, strategy, design, um, pure creativity, uh, and relationship with the people. I mean, for the time being, we have virtual assistants, but they, they still they still like a lot of, of personality, of, of comp component. Yeah, I mean, yeah, empathy, yeah, you know, empathy, like, for example, you know, these things. An important one, exactly, exactly. So, okay, so what we're really talking about is that there are core things that um, that people do within companies, right? But then there's a lot of stuff that happens between departments or functions or supporting the work or the thinking or the critical thinking or the creativity or whatever is the campaigns. And so what, what, what intelligent automation does is that it just removes all that stuff. So you can just focus on what's more, the most important. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, so based on, uh, so we did some research around this um, uh, that we present in the book. Um, uh, out of all the scope of tasks, work tasks that are being done by people, in average, in companies, mm. um, more than thirty percent of those tasks can be eliminated. Just okay? eliminated. Let's think of, let's think of unproductive meetings, unproductive emails. Uh, we are spending a huge amount of time on this. Mm. Uh, second, more than 30% of those tasks can be automated. And here is more logistic, transactional stuff that we are doing in, a, mm. in, in, a, in, in, in our days. Uh, and remaining 30% should be augmented by technology. Mm. Okay, we should keep them. So these are this is these are creative tasks. These are strategic components. These are decisions. These are that yeah. for the time being we can't automate. Okay, and I mm. don't believe we'll be able to automate them for a long time 
in the future. Sure. And that we and that we need and, and where we need technology to help us to go beyond. Okay. Mm-hmm. So think of um, when I, when we talk about augmentation, think of a of a doctor, a medical doctor who usually spends hours reading X-rays to understand if there is a tumor or not. Mm-hmm. Thanks to technology, this this doctor is augmented. It's capable to take the decision in ju- just a few seconds, which wow. has huge impacts on, on, on people's life. Yeah, sure. Um, that's really, 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 really interesting. Um, so for the listeners, right, start to prioritize the business challenges, right? From there, look at potential solutions from there find a partner, a solution architect, or, you know, to somebody internally or whatever else it is. Then from there, you know, have like a round table to kind of create the process and execute on it and just try to focus on one thing, right? If it was to start to see the benefit from it, are there some easier places to start than others? You know, if, if we can just remove machine, I say, for example, the machine learning part, does that, maybe to make it a bit easier or do you always need machine learning? Is that the big part about it? Is that it, it like it does leverage AI, you know, to make the decisions. Is that part of this? Can, can I, can I automate an end-to-end process, but some of those parts in the process would remain manual. No, it's uh, and, more. And, can, and, and the issue with that, the issue with that yeah. is yes. when you scale the process, from one decision to hundreds of decisions, then you still have this bottleneck of uh-huh. ah, that's done by people. That's not scalable. Or you need to hire, you need to hire. And then when your business is slowing down, oh, you need to fire, you need to fire, and then you need to hire. To, I mean, it's, mm. you need, it's very important to think holistically. Have the big picture first. Big picture and, first. Uh, yes. And, uh, and don't... <laughs> Don't keep a task manual in the middle of an end-to-end automated process. It becomes your bottleneck, your weakest point. And, and yeah. So where do you see intelligent automation in 10 years from now? What does that look like? You know, so, you know, so what does the world look like in 10 years from now with, every, you know, with so much advancement across so many areas? I, th- I think the pandemic has been... Uh, of course, a terrible, terrible event, but, but, uh, but has if we have a look to the positive aspects, has pushed the companies to, to digitalize themselves, to automate themselves. The companies that have not been able to, to collect their cash online, to sell their products online, to, to motivate their employees remotely, uh, either they are still surviving because of, of subsidies from government or they just died. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, that, so back to your point earlier, it used to be a competitive advantage of using such concepts now it's it's a survival it's an mm-hmm. imperative for the mm-hmm. for the companies um, so I see the future being being stronger and stronger and uh, and with more and more use of those concepts and technologies and and those concepts and technologies sophisticating in time so that it they, they allow uh, to scale those transformations. Okay, today this, this is what we are lacking. Uh, the, um, uh, according to Deloitte, m- the good news is that more than fifty percent, five zero, fifty percent, half of the, the the companies around the world have started their journey on a way or another in mm. intelligent automation. 
the bad news is, according to McKinsey, only 15%, so one five, have been able to scale it. So basically have been able to implement it across more than three divisions of functions. Wow. So that so the holy grail is about scale now. Scale. Okay? And, and and yes. Wow. And um and so uh, if you're not one of those companies, <laughs> that's something to think about, right? You know, it's something yeah. to be concerned about, you know. I mean, like at least the 35% that haven't scaled it yet, it's just yet. You know, they just haven't scaled it yet. I mean, they're still investing in it and they're still trying to scale. And I think the other thing is that, you know, things always change. Companies change. I think you said somewhere in the book, correct me if I'm wrong, but the makeup of the Fortune 500 will change over the next 10, 20 years. Could you just talk about that quickly? Yes, yes, yes. So, so it's coming from a fact that um, the predictions are that. I mean, that basically, the life of companies, the duration of companies, is getting shorter and shorter. Uh, more and more companies die every 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 year, but also more and more companies born every year. Okay? Yes. Um, and the predictions are uh, that more than half of the S and P 500 companies will change over the next 10 years. So the question is: Are you part of it mm. or not? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And um, to try to answer this question, are you part of it or not? We've analyzed data from a large sample of companies to understand what makes them different in their uh, adoption of intelligent automation. Mm. And one of the, the key criteria, the key indicator we used is the benefits created per employee. Okay, that really shows you how much you can produce as benefits by human resources. So yes. the higher, of course, the better. The higher, meaning meaning the more, the better you use your your human resources. Yes. And supposedly, the more you are using also automation. Yes. Uh, and we found out that the key um, driver that explains this is the age of the company. So the mm-hmm. age, so the, the older a company is, the less it's going to use automation and, 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 and the more likely this company is to die soon. Sure. Uh, uh, and yeah. to explain this, um, our finding is that those older companies have too much history, too much legacy. It yes. takes to them too much effort. It's a huge amount of effort to transform themselves. And we are talking about here significant changes like uh, that impacts everything in, a, in an organization, processes, mm. uh, people, data. Uh, so, yeah, the energy to bring all this from where they are today to where they should be tomorrow is huge compared to starting a new business, brand new, in, I mean, leveraging straight from scratch those new concepts uh, leveraging those new technologies. Um, so that's why, and uh, I mean, we've seen, we've seen, we see more and more companies, mm. all those oldest companies, um, changing themselves, not by trying to change the legacy business, but by trying to create 
a whole new business close to the legacy one. Oh. See if it works. Make it small, like yeah. a startup that is close yeah. to to the. Let's take a bank, an old bank, you know, old retail banking with agencies and so on. And this this company in, creates a new a new startup, and these startups um, uh, um, creates the new the business online, completely online, and brings yeah. more intelligence and automates and digitalizes and. And, 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 and then we see two behaviors. Either yeah. very often this new business will work very well. Okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, so either the company uses this new business to say to the legacy business, guys, look at this. This is what we need to achieve. So let's get inspiration from it. And let's, okay, it's easier for the people because it's part of the same company. It's part of, they are their colleagues. Yes. It's easier to infuse, to infuse yes. this new way of thinking and the new... Okay, that's one. And the other behavior is to kill the legacy, slowly kill the le- legacy and slowly grow the, the, the new it. business. Sure. Uh, so, yeah. So things are going to change um, and things always change. And if you like, that's the one constant is that there is change. And that's, you know, that that's, that's been stated everywhere. Um, but from a company perspective, I do like the thinking around, look, if it's too complex to change internally, create a spin-off yeah but do one of them either do one or the other but don't just hope that things are not going to change right (laughs) because that's what happened to kodak right um i think it was kodak and you know that's the best example of kind of what happens if you don't start the journey of where everything is going anyway you may not know the outcome but the journey like what you said earlier that's where it is. It's in the journey. And you just have to get to the first little checkpoint, the first thing, the first execution, right? Yeah. Um, until you start to see the benefits. Pascal, it's been so good talking about intelligent automation with you. For the listeners, you must buy his book. Um, it's on Amazon. It goes into detail for across everything. It talks about um, the thinking. It talks about the different approaches it talks about the different technologies it's got examples it's got societal impact it's got the business impact it's got case study after case study after case study so if you're serious about protecting your company into the next decade you need to buy his book the other one is that you got to follow him on linkedin like it's he's got just one of the best linkedin content sharing processes <laughs> i wonder if it's automated i don't think it's automated right but like it is very engaging um it is very uh thought-provoking um and it's just fun to look at like i think i just shared a, something i saw from you yesterday about the bef- um the before the remote work versus after remote work and like your one already had like five thousand shares and likes i shared it it's already gotten like 50 from me so like that's how good your content is so for people uh, who are listening you got to follow him on LinkedIn and you have to buy this book. Um, it's going to be the best investment that you make protecting your company for the future. Pascal, again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, this has been extremely enlightening and I hope all of uh, the listeners and the viewers um, have found it the same. Thank you so much.
Alex, this was a honor. Thanks, thanks a lot for inviting me and and a great discussion. Really like it, like your challenging way of <laughs> of, of of questioning. Well, I'm really just trying like to it. figure out how to do it, right? Yes, it's like you know, we're just very, trying to figure out how do companies do it. Like you know, very you know, punchy, very yeah. punchy. I like it. <laughs> yeah, cool. Thanks so much, Pascal. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Alex. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to the Growth Manifesto podcast. If you enjoyed the episode please give us a five-star rating on iTunes. For more episodes, please visit growthmanifesto.com forward slash podcast. And if you need help driving growth for your company, please get in touch with us at webprofits.io.